the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast. Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Thanks so much for being with us. I am Chris Murray, your host. Welcome to the program. Good one planned for you today. Interesting top stories. Uh, some uh, important important economic data that we'll touch on and a little bit about the Federal Reserve and then joining me in just a little bit my guest Mr. Joel Griffith who uh, is from the Heritage Foundation wrote a good piece titled three things Congress can do to get serious on inflation so this morning we're going to be talking a lot about inflation and how can you help but talk about inflation uh, the hottest Inflation in nearly four decades is inflicting financial pain on millions of Americans as prices for everyday necessities like food, gasoline, you name it. They soar uh, higher every day. Uh, And that was according to the new Census Bureau survey. So more than one third of households have reported difficulties in paying bills from April 27th through May the 9th. Uh, according to that latest household pulse survey by the Census Bureau. In some states, the percentage of Americans struggling to pay their bills is even higher. Nearly half of the households in Mississippi, about 45 percent, reported difficulties in paying for just usual household expenses. You uh, go to Kentucky, 43.6 percent, 41.8 percent in West Virginia, Uh, Close to 40 percent of the respondents in Alabama, Oklahoma, Wyoming and California said they're struggling to cover usual expenses. So what we see is this rising inflation is has is and has been just eating away that any wage gains that American workers have seen in recent months. Um, And obviously it's uh, this inflation inflation spike has really been. A political headache for Biden, who has just seen his approval ratings plunge. So um, since April the 24th, prices at the pump have either remained flat or climbed, according to AAA. Gas prices have also consistently set new record highs. We know that, unfortunately. Um, so they're right around 459 Uh, a gallon for regular gasoline and every state in the country is sitting above four dollars a gallon so even the uh, states that have uh, plentiful resources and traditionally would have lower fuel cost it's not happening so um, this is really you know a problem the answers that they're coming up with, well, they're not really answers. Uh, they're they're just uh, foolish uh, thoughts and policies that come out of their mouth. This literally is Obama 3.0. And I say that because as much damage is being done to the country right now by this administration, we saw in the previous two uh, Obama administrations. And, of course, Biden was part of that, right? Um And I always remind people when we had uh, high gas prices at one point, 
Obama's words of wisdom were properly inflate your tires. I mean, that was it. So obviously these people don't have any business background, no knowledge of how to run anything. Um, and it's just wreaking havoc. And it's it may get worse. Guess what? The Biden administration is preparing to tap a rarely used diesel reserve as uh, Biden faces mounting pressure for bringing down fuel prices. So we've, we've already seen them tap the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is for national emergencies. They tap that. They've got a ton going out every day for a six-month period. And what's happened? Since they announced that, prices have gone up even more. So it's stupid because it should be there for an emergency just like this. So officials are uh, readying a an emergency declaration that would allow Biden to release diesel from the Northeast Home Heating Oil Reserve. So the price of diesel, you know, we talk about gasoline, but if you have a diesel vehicle, those prices are up 75% over the last year with the national average up over 550 a gallon according to AAA. So it was 554 I think at the beginning of the week. As a national average, um, just a year ago, it was 317. Uh, so, guess who pays that price, even if you don't have a diesel? You do. Because all of the tractor trailers that move commerce across the country every day and night, they use diesel. They can't have their costs go up 75%. And eat it. You're paying for that. So, um, yeah, the Northeast Home Heating Oil Reserve, which was created back in 2005, has uh, just roughly a day's worth of supply in the region. And that's because uh, the only time it was used, because we don't have as many refineries in the Northeast, of course. So the only time it was used was after... Hurricane Sandy back in 2012. That was a big emergency. And that's the only time it was used. These clowns want to use it now because midterms are approaching and they want to try somehow to get fuel prices down, thinking that everybody's just got their head in the sand and they're not going to figure this stuff out if they haven't already, which most people have. Like I said, you know, you go to 30 33% or more peop, uh, people have reported in that survey I mentioned a moment ago across the country, they can't pay their normal bills. We're not talking about going out to the movies and going on an extra vacation or taking a long weekend at the uh, resort. These are just basic necessities that people can't can't pay for. And it saddens me because then you think of if it's that tight, what if somebody has, you know, a medical issue that they're concerned about and really know that they should go to the doctors and get that checked out? They're not going to go. That's a copayment. That's a deductible. So they put that off for how long? How much damage and carnage can these people create? I mean, that's an open-ended question, isn't it? 
when really answers we know because we were just energy independent. Um, yeah, it, it just it's insane. And it's it's uh, it's on purpose. That's what's so hurtful. Why you would treat citizens of uh, America so poorly and so dangerously. So what we heard this week, more garbage. Biden's top economic advisor playing down the risk of recession in recent interviews, suggesting that Americans be confident during what he called a period of transition. I I don't know where these people come up with these terms and phrases, words. I don't transitory. Now we're talking about period of transition from uh, from uh, this Brian Deese, who's the director of the White House National Economic Council saying that the economy is in a period of transition. We're moving from the strongest economic recovery in modern history to what can be a period of more stable and resilient growth, i.e., go back to the Obama administrations, both of them. Lower growth, get used to it. Don't worry about it. It's normal now that we don't have solid economic growth. It's okay that we underperform. D said people should also take confidence that we're better positioned than any other country to navigate through this and keep our recovery going. And then bragged about we might have a stronger domestic economy than China. Why would he say that? These people are terrible at what they do or try to do. And just continue to inflict so much pain and damage and carnage. And it's just so sad. I mean, it really is. Um, And then on top of that, we saw the Congressional Budget Office this week come out with their 2022 to 2032 budget and economic outlook. And according to the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, Our budget shortfall is going to exceed $2 trillion in 2032. So prior to that, we're going to be upside down by, on average, $1.6 trillion annually. That's every year. So over the next 10 years, Washington is forecast to uh, the the CBO. They're saying that uh, with their forecast, we're going to accumulate nearly $16 trillion in new debt, New debt. That's on top of what we have. And then also you're going to uh, have the issue of with interest rates going up, just the debt or excuse me, just the interest alone on our debt is going to be a trillion dollars in 10 years. It's not sustainable. It's not going to work. These policies are terrible. All those uh, idiots and evil people over at the World Economic Forum this week in Davos, Switzerland, openly on stage talking about putting chips in people. They're not hiding it anymore. These elitists, they all fly in in their private jets. And this is a 50-year anniversary. I would think, if you looked at it historically, the World Economic Forum was you know, probably decent back in the day when it was started. Now it's corrupt. All these people fly in in their private jets. They're in their private motorcades, private security, um, living life, 
you know, definitely high on the hog. And they're talking about putting chips in people and tracking people and knowing what medicines they take and if they took it on time and where they go. So uh, something, something really, really has to change. And I think we're seeing that, the, the pushback, uh, especially from um, the Americans who embrace traditional values and morals. We're just sick of it. We're sick of all the, you know, the, the craziness that's going on in the world, especially in this country. You know what else I saw this week? Uh, Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative said that the Canadian government continues to undermine dairy provisions in the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. You remember how hard the last administration, the Trump administration, worked at the new USMCA between the United States, Mexico, and Canada, right? Fair. It was fair trade. Um, well, Canada is noncompliant. And this was uh, a dispute settlement panel that uh, identified this. So it's not just uh, talk. I mean, it's, it's, it's been identified. Uh, that Canada was not compliant with the USMCA in the use of the quotas for dairy by blocking key export opportunities to United States farmers and processors. So they're cheating. What's being done about it? Nothing. What about the, uh, the first phase of the uh, China deal? That's not being enforced. The Chinese lied like they always do. They didn't buy the agricultural products and other things at the levels that they agreed to. So they just continue to lie, steal, and cheat. Nothing's being enforced. You know, the word, the, the virus hasn't been addressed with China. Like all of these problems, if you think about it, uh, stem from, from the virus coming from China. Fentanyl. That's not even mentioned by the administration. Killing tens of thousands of people every year now. We know where it's made. 95% of it's made in China. China has all these facial recognitions and they track all their people everywhere. They know exactly what they're doing because of their big state uh, government. You're telling me that they couldn't just locate those fentanyl uh, buildings where all of this death is being developed and just drone strike them, be done with it? No. They let them make it, and then we let them smuggle it across the southern border. And then death comes every day. It's just pathetic. Uh, interesting to see this week, Elon Musk has suggested he wants to slash his initial $44 billion uh, takeover bid for Twitter after um, really trying to figure out what uh, the true amount of bots, robots, spam, fake accounts are on the platform. Some people are saying it's up to 25%. Twitter says it's 5% or less. Um, but again, you see Musk kind of jockeying uh, for this, uh, although there was a, 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 a uh, 
an analysis done by Spark, Toro, and Follower Wonk. They did it together that looked at 44,058 public Twitter accounts randomly selected from the 130 million plus accounts. Of those 44,058 accounts that were randomly selected, 19.42% of them were fake. That's four times of what Twitter uh, told Musk, and they put in their SEC filing. So it's going to be interesting how this plays out uh, for sure, because if Musk or Twitter walk away from this deal, it's a $1 billion breakup fee. And if Musk walks away from it, not only will we have a billion dollars that he has to has to pay no matter what, but he's going to get sued. So he'll be in court for the next five to 10 years because of this as well. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to uh, to develop uh, and how he continues. I'm not a Musk fan, by the way, because of his transhumanism. Um, he's got a company called Neuralink already has chips in pigs, things of that nature where they're, um, and this is all public knowledge, where they're uh, practicing, if you will, developing, to again, to see how it would work in humans. Um, and this isn't just for the, I don't think, for the paraplegics, which uh, I know, I, I don't know, but it's got to be horrific. Um, but I, it would go beyond that. Like I said, they're already talking about it at the World Economic Forum on stage in your face talking about putting uh, chips in people. <laughs> so um, got to be careful, man. I tell you, we're going down a slippery slope for sure. But anyway, uh, we'll wait and see what Musk does with uh, with the Twitter bid and um, see where it lands. Um, last week for our current complimentary white paper will the biden presidency influence stock markets a look at parties politics and potential returns obviously we know the answer to that but this white paper is a good white paper it's if i do say so myself um it's it's informative it'll help it'll help you think about things uh in a different way i think maybe than uh, what you may be looking at so i think it'll be helpful for you go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and uh, you, it's right on the homepage. You just click the button, the download button. It goes right to your email and um, enjoy it. And then soon we're going to replace that. The uh, new one that I have coming is creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role. And that's very important, of course, because we've got rising interest rates. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and you can uh, check it out there. Re-listen to it, share it with somebody you care about. Um, and, uh, you know, we were talking about economic data. The one thing I think that really definitely caught people's attention this week, the economy contracted at 1.5% on an annualized basis 
uh, annualized basis in the first quarter of 2022. That was according to revised data released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Uh, Economists thought that it was going to improve. So the original number was minus 1.4. Economists thought it was going to go to minus 1.3. Actually, it went the other direction, uh, the wrong direction, and came in at minus 1.5 for this this revision. So the new downward revision for gross domestic product, which, by the way, that's the broadest measure of goods and services produced across the economy. It's how we measure things. Um, Again, came in worse than the 1.4, minus 1.4 contraction number that we originally saw. So this is very worrisome, not totally surprising because of the 40-year high inflation and how it's weighing on consumers and on growth in general. Uh, It wasn't a surprise to see the consumer and things really slowing down as we went from 2021, flipped the calendar into 2022. So not a big surprise, but still uh, unfortunate to see that as a negative revision. Also, you know, we're talking about all these energy costs. Uh, when I looked at the weekly petroleum data uh, that comes out every Wednesday, uh, commercial crude oil inventories are 14% below their five-year average for this time of year. Total motor gasoline inventories are 8% below their five-year average for this time of year. And distillate fuel inventories, your diesel, for example, in that, um, there was a drawdown of 1.7 million barrels last week, and they're about 27% below the five-year average for this time of year when you're talking about inventories. By the way, this excludes the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which, again, in their lack of wisdom – this administration decided to start tapping at a million barrels a day. And since they've done that, like I said, what happened? Prices have gone up, new record highs. <laughs> so they don't know what they're doing. Um, and just when I think no one else can come out, there's a, another person that gets out of the clown car. So um, it's, it's just amazing, very frustrating. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? It's right on the homepage. That's our complimentary white paper for you. Taking it down, uh, we'll put a new one up there. So um, help yourself to that at murrayfinancialgroup.com. On the other side of this uh, quick break, we'll be talking with Mr. Joel Griffith uh, about inflation. He wrote a real good piece uh, that we're going to discuss in just the subject matter and uh, what we can do and, and, and really try to find the correct answers. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and you can uh, download uh, the uh, the show there. And uh, so glad to have everybody along uh, today. 
Happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank God uh, for all those that um, paid the ultimate sacrifice for us so we can enjoy our freedom and talk the truth like we do here on the program every week. And uh, my guest this morning, Mr. Joel Griffith, uh, he earned his Juris Doctorate at the Chapman University of Dale E. Fowler School of Law. Uh, He had a dual emphasis in alternative dispute resolution and federal income taxation. And uh, following law school, he actually managed uh, an equities trading account utilizing market neutral strategies and also worked for uh, Heidman, Noodleman, Kalick down in uh, Washington, D.C. And um, he's currently a a research fellow for the Institute for Economic Freedom and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation. Good morning, Joel. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks a lot for taking the time to join us and uh, and talk about uh, your article and just, I guess, the whole subject uh, that uh, everybody's talking about. You can't go anywhere or do anything without you know, people talking about how expensive and blank, you know, you just fill in the blank. Um, everybody's uh, feeling the pain. So um, you wrote this piece, three things Congress can do to get serious on inflation. And um, by the way, if people go to heritage.org, uh, you can uh, look this up and, and read it for yourself uh, online. It's uh, it's very interesting. But I guess just give us a, a sense of, you know, where you stand on inflation, how bad you think things are, um, and uh, and just in your opinion, how you think we got here. Yeah, well, well look, the, the numbers um, really bear testament to what all of us are experiencing at the grocery store and at the gas pump. The year-over-year price increases right now are close to 10%, and that's the highest that we've seen year-over-year in more than 40 years. And, in fact, uh, if the numbers coming out of the government actually fully reflected the increase in housing costs and rental costs, those, that would be even higher. And uh, the, the bottom line is for a lot of families, uh, the majority of families, families find themselves moving backwards right now because the increase in wages just is not keeping up with the increase in price. And they have this situation where politicians are – trying to blame the price hike on the pandemic or they're blaming it on Putin invading Ukraine. You've got Elizabeth Warren blaming big businesses or blaming businesses in general for the price increases, and they're all mistaken. Yeah, I mean, this is self-inflicted, right? I mean, I, I think that's one thing that a lot of people realize, and uh, it's it's causing extreme um pain for them and and frustration because of all all of the things that they have to deal with and we were talking earlier in the program about um the uh i saw it this week the new census bureau survey um on inflation and it's showing more than one-third of households reported difficulties in paying bills from april 27th through may the 9th these are just household bills. Like I said, it's not going to the movies. It's not taking a long weekend at the resort. Uh, it's, you know, not pampering yourself. These are just basic bills that people can't pay. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the numbers um, say that um, earlier in the pandemic, we saw household savings increase to all-time highs. Um, and that was because of, well, people weren't allowed to actually go out and spend the resources. And then you had the federal government borrowing, printing trillions of dollars 
to flood people's checking accounts with cash. Well, if you look now at a chart, you see that over the last several months, that savings rate went from all-time highs and has just been plunging. And now is actually basically underneath historical norms because people have drawn down on those savings. And at the same time, they've seen the prices to the cost living. Like you were saying, people are having trouble just buying their basic necessities. And so now what we're seeing is we're seeing an explosion in consumer credit card debt. And people aren't going to debt right now just to buy a new big screen or to go on a fancy vacation. People are going into credit card debt just to pay the gas bill, to, to, to make it to work. They're going into debt just to make the rental payment. And you're very right. This has been self-inflicted. Um, you know, one of the biggest culprits behind the rise in prices um, has been the just enormous expansion of the money supply. Our money supply has grown by 50% over the past two years, and that's because our Federal Reserve has just been cranking out dollars, both digital dollars and, and, uh, and, and hard currency. It's flooded the economy, and it's a big part of the reason why our federal government is able to be so generous with us and deposit thousands of dollars in their checking accounts and give us child tax credits and pay people not, not to work. Well, we're, we're paying for that now because all those dollars now are flooding through the economy. We have more dollars chasing fewer goods and services. That leads to inflation. But the flip side of this coin is that at the same time that our government has flooded the economy with new money, at the same time you have this Biden administration that is suppressing supply. Um, if you look at the energy sector, we know that he killed a pipeline stopping drilling and exploration from occurring on federal land. But it's not just the energy sector that this administration has declared war on. They have launched hundreds of new rules across nearly every industry that is making it very difficult for business to expand. And and it's frightening investors. Investors in this environment are hesitant to actually invest their limited capital when they have a administration that seems dead set on making it more difficult for business to operate. It's the worst-case scenario. Suppressing supply while producing more money is leading to this disaster. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we can't uh, forget that it's most uh, hard, I think, and serious on the small business owners out there. So they don't have deep pockets. They can't go to the capital markets. Uh, They're the backbone of the country, in my opinion. And uh, like you said, people don't understand with the rules and regulations and compliance and what that means overhead-wise, and they can't eat it. If they do, they'll go out of business. So they either go out of business or, like uh, we're seeing everywhere else, they have to pass that that additional cost on to the consumer. Yeah, well, there's this misnomer that businesses are getting rich off of these price hikes. And what we're actually seeing, uh, well, we're seeing a few things. Number one, if you look at the broad index, there's two index, two big indexes that measure price increases. One is the consumer price index, and that shows prices rising at the 8 9% year over year. But then there's another index called the producer price index, and that measures the cost of all the inputs that go into business operations. Well, those prices are actually rising at a faster clip than consumer prices. Those prices are rising at close to 11% annually, while consumer prices are rising around 9% annually. And what that indicates is that businesses up until now, they've been, at, they've been trying to absorb these higher costs. So their profit margins are actually 
shrinking. And if you take a look at the stock market, if you dare, stock market's down quite a bit the last few months. And a big part of it is you have retailers like Walmart and Target that they, they see their profit margins shrinking, they see their net income shrinking because they've been trying to eat the cost. Well, there's only so much cost that they can absorb. They're eating through their profit margins. Eventually, they're going to have to pass those costs on to consumers. So this these inflation rates might actually go higher because these businesses now, they're at the point where they can't cut the profit margins any further. Yeah, and, you know, we saw the the big retailers, well, for the last two weeks, uh, even this past week, but also before, you know, you mentioned uh, Walmart and Target. I mean, Target lost 25% of stock value in the one day alone, which, in my opinion, and people who listen to the program, you know, know, I mean, I they could go out of business and I'd be fine with that because of their their lack of moral compass and the things that they're involved in now. But like you said, you know, investors are having a hard time trying to figure out, um, you know, how this all plays out. You've got the Dow and the S&P in correction territory. You've got the NASDAQ in bear territory, year-to-date numbers I'm talking about. So um, it's it's just a big mess. It, it You know, no matter what you're looking at, things are just messy. Yep, it, it's messy, and it continues to be No, excellent point. And uh, what we'll do, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, touch on uh, the three things that Congress can do to get serious on inflation. We'll get uh, my guest, Joel Griffith, we'll get his, uh, he wrote this uh, article, we'll get his opinion um, on those three things. And um, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll touch on that in just a minute. So stay tuned. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can listen to the program there. Boy, 
Things have really changed since we started this program in 1997, huh? All this technology, podcasts, listen to it, streaming. You can download the app, by the way, the WFMD app to your phone and uh, or tablet and have that uh, right at your fingertips as well. Uh, continuing our conversation with my guest this morning, Mr. Joel Griffith. He got his uh, JD from Chapman University and uh, following law school. He managed an equities trading account, utilizing market-neutral strategies, worked for the law firm of um, Heidman, Nuttleman, Kalick down in uh, D.C., currently is a research fellow for the Institute for Economic Freedom and Opportunity at the Heritage Foundation, our friends over there at the Heritage Foundation, and also previously worked uh, as a researcher for a former member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. And, Joel, I have to ask you, what do you think of the Wall Street Journal these days? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you on that. Yeah, what do you think of the Wall Street Journal these days? Um, well, for for a time, uh, I worked for a member of the Wall Street uh, Journal editorial board, and um, in the years that followed, I've continued to read the Wall Street Journal nearly every day. I absolutely love the Wall Street Journal. Um, I believe that they continue to be remain committed to free market capitalism and to um, explaining the pitfalls of diverging from that, and how it harms us, and they do a fine job typically. Uh, pointing out the um, policy problems, not just with those in the Democrat Party, but also some of the big spenders and crony capitalists in the Republican Party as well. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about your article, Three Things Congress Can Do to Get Serious on Inflation. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but let's just touch on the uh, the, the first uh, example that you have. Well, I think the most important one is uh, for Congress to get spending under control. Uh, Congress, over the past few years, supposedly to combat COVID, has spent around $6 trillion in addition to what they would have typically spent. That's almost $100,000 per family of four. And every single dollar has been borrowed. And uh, more, probably more importantly than that, all those borrowed funds, or most of them, have come from our Federal Reserve, which printed the money to buy the government bonds. And that's been a, the, one of the drivers, the big drivers behind inflation. So Congress needs to get the spending under control, um, push back against the Green New Deal, push back against the Build Back Broke plan, uh, because this is going to lead just to more inflation. If you see some of the politicians on the left, they're claiming that more spending and more handoff will somehow combat inflation. That's, that's economic uh, tomfoolery. Uh, putting more dollars to distribute, that's just going to make the matters worse. Um, but uh, second of all, uh, Congress needs to rein in the Federal Reserve when it comes to the housing market. Over the past few years, our central bank has printed trillions of dollars, not just to engage in government spending, but they've printed trillions of dollars to buy mortgages, to buy mortgage-backed securities. The Federal Reserve has bought the equivalent of around 10 million mortgages over the past two years. It's flooded the housing sector in particular with cash, and that has made housing dramatically more expensive. In fact, if you look... Um, at median home prices, we're, we're nearing $500,000 for median home prices. We're at an all-time high, inflation-adjusted all-time high. We're at an all-time high in housing. If you look at the typical house based on that typical income, that's also at an all-time high. And if you look at mortgage payments for a typical house, as home prices have increased and interest rates have increased, mortgage payments have skyrocketed by around 70% just in the past year. A lot of this is the fault of our Federal Reserve and the fault of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are taxpayer-subsidized, taxpayer-guaranteed, 
And that's what allows people to get these 0% down payments on homes. And politicians love getting credit for getting people into these homes, getting people mortgages, but they're trying to deny responsibility for the fact that home prices are higher adjusted for inflation than they've ever been. And then lastly, Congress needs to stop the Biden administration's war on energy, war on supply, and war on business. That includes the, um, they need to overturn, usurp the Biden administration's attempt to stop more fossil fuel drilling. They need to refuse, resist, and revoke the EPA's um, green energy uh, agenda and all of these carbon emissions restrictions the EPA is trying to put on. And Congress needs to stop trying to replicate California. California has tried to make it very difficult for independent contractors to work because California legislators are often in the pockets of big labor. And now leftists in Congress are trying to pass what's called the PRO Act, which basically replicates the worst of California's labor policies. And that would make it more difficult for businesses to operate, and it would make it a lot more difficult for independent contractors and entrepreneurs to actually build their businesses. Yeah, and and again, I just want to jump back to that uh, Census Bureau survey that I mentioned earlier about one-third of households reported difficulties in paying bills from April 27th through May the 9th. Uh, That was the uh, Census Bureau's latest household poll survey. Excuse me. You just mentioned California. Close to 40 percent of respondents in California said they were struggling to cover Usual expenses, again, like you said, nothing fancy, just the the basic necessities. And that's California. So why in the heck would we want to follow what they do? Uh, It makes no sense. It makes no sense, except we know that a lot of these politicians are driven by not just ideology, they're also driven by a desire for power and control. And one of the best, most efficient ways to gain more power control is to have the government take control of the energy sector, either by nationalization or through the regulatory process. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, scary stuff. Uh, Again, folks, uh, my guest this morning, uh, Mr. Joel Griffith, and uh, he is a research fellow over uh, at the Heritage Foundation. You can go to heritage.org heritage.org and uh, pull up his uh, his uh, article that we've been talking about, along with his other uh, writings. Uh, this one's titled Three Things Congress Can Do to Get Serious on Inflation. It's a quick read, but you know what? That's good because it summarizes very important points that uh, Joel covered this morning. Uh, you know, like the Federal Reserve, obviously, we talk about them all the time. Uh, that's just malpractice, what they're doing over there. $9 trillion balance sheet. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Transitory inflation. That's embarrassing. Um, so it's good to, to keep these things in your mind. Keep them simple. Keep an eye on them. And that way you're, uh, you're more in the know. Joel, thanks so much for taking time uh, out of your weekend to, uh, to be with us. I enjoyed the conversation. I did as well. Thank you for having me. Okay, Joel, enjoy the rest of the uh, weekend. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend, by the way. And that's for everybody. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, thank God for all those who uh, paid that ultimate sacrifice for us so we can uh, live free the way, you know, the, the, the way that we live right now. And uh, God bless their families, um, whether it was at the beginning of the, the country, its, its origins, or all the way up until today, those that will pay that price. Thank you so much for that. 
And uh, like I said, uh, God bless your families and friends. Um, That does it for us. Uh, Wrapping everything up, we will talk with you on the Morning News Express. That's with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. We have uh, three live phone conversations uh, every weekday morning, 550, 650, and 750 a.m. And then uh, we'll be back here next weekend uh, to have another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. I just want to remind you, uh, we're taking down uh, the current white paper we have on the website. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets to look at parties, politics, and potential returns? Uh, That's coming down. So if you want to get that uh, complimentary white paper, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. And uh, then uh, after that's down, we're going to put a new one up uh, that's addressing uh, how these increases in interest rates are impacting retirement. So uh, we'll have that up for you uh, soon. So uh, again, happy Memorial Day weekend. And um, I I hope you uh, have a a good weekend and a safe weekend. We'll talk with you soon. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com news radio 930 wfmd frederick a connoisseur media radio station seven o'clock